If you look at Acts chapter 4, uh, chapter 4 is just a continuation of chapter 3. Uh, we're in that uh, third chapter where Peter, James, and John are, are, are going up to the temple. And there said a man, uh, lame since birth, and he asked, he's asking for alms. And uh, Peter said, silver and gold I have none. Then he says, such as I have, I will give to you. I, man, I, yeah, such as I have. You know what? If you ain't got such as I have, I'd get you some such as I have before you get out of here. Amen. He says, such as I have, I give to you. He said, I'm going to give you what you did not ask for. And I guess, and, he, and then he said, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, uh, rise up and walk. And he got up. And the Bible said that he he leaped up and proven that God said he'll do what he said he will do. And, and through these miracles that he, he, he worked through these guys, it, it, it took this uh, city in an uproar. And the ones in power, the, the political structure of that day, the religious people of that day, and they were losing their minds because uh, they couldn't explain the power of the gospel. They just knew this. There was a bunch of people believing different, talking different, and acting different, and they couldn't explain it. And the whole town is in an uproar. So they have this meeting among the high priests and all those elected officials, and those people that were in power, and they, they are trying to decide what to do with these people. They're out in the streets, they're singing, they're shouting, they're preaching, they're doing such miracles. They said, we can't explain it, but the people see it. They all know this man, they have watched him sitting at this uh, a gate uh, from the sense of birth and lame. And now all of a sudden he's up running, leaping and jumping. We, we can't explain that. So they called this meeting, tried to intimidate and tried to uh, threaten them to be quiet about this. Can I ask you something? When God does something awesome in your life, how are you going to be quiet about it? And I, I want to say to all of us, if salvation is so wonderful, why in the world would we want to keep it to ourselves? I don't mind if people find out how I got in. I'm glad to tell you how I got in. Let me say this. If you go up to someone and you ask them, are you saved, and they get mad at you, I would venture to say they're not saved. Somebody that's saved, and you ask them, are you saved, they're going to shout about it, and they're going to tell you exactly what happened to them. And that's what's happening here in chapter 3, we see that. But in chapter 4, there's a continuation of the chapter 3 here. In verse number 18, And they called them and command them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. Let's read that again. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name 
of Jesus. Listen, religion doesn't bother the world, but old time salvation does. Uh, the leaders do, uh, today want you to pray to some God, uh, a God of whatsoever or your, whatever name you want to throw out there. But I, can I tell you, when, when we pray, we still pray in the name of Jesus. We still preach in the name of Jesus. And we still witness in the name of Jesus. We still shout in the name of Jesus. The world does not want to hear that. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, Whether it be right in the sight of God, or hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. And I love verse 20. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. Let us pray. Father, we come before you, Lord. Thank you for all your mercy and grace and love. We thank you, Lord, for being real in our lives, Father. And we just ask you to touch our hearts and lift us up and encourage us tonight to speak the name of Jesus. And Father, we'll praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. They said we don't want to, we, we, we have no control over. But for us, we cannot speak the things which we have seen and heard. They said we have, have no other course. We can't, there's no other course. We have no other options. This is the only one thing that we can do. We must do, we must speak the things which we have seen and the things which we have heard. Can I say that if you have proclaimed the name of Jesus, you don't have to have no other option to proclaim the name of Jesus. It's in the Bible, it, 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 it's, it, this Bible's preaching, cross-lifting, uh, gospel-proclaiming church. We are true to who, who we say we are to. There's no other course. There's not a debate. Uh, there's no other option, but we must speak the things and speak in that name that above all other names, and that's the name of Jesus Christ. I was preaching a revival of Georgia. And when I was preaching, uh, it was a small church like this, and it was packed out. And and while I was preaching, uh, a little lady over here, this side, about middle row, in the middle of the row, she she got happy. And I, I mean, she got happy. And she started shouting. And while she was shouting, I'm looking at her because my church, they didn't do like that all the time. But all of a sudden, when she started shouting, another little lady over here got to shouting. Next thing you know, somebody over here got to shouting. And somebody in back got to shouting. Then I seen this woman that hadn't walked in, in a long time. She was been in wheelchairs. She had they roll her in a wheelchair the whole time I've been there. And all of a sudden she gets up and she starts running around the church. I, I, I couldn't say a word. I couldn't do it. Everybody got excited. Everybody got set down. So I sat down. The preacher's sitting up here and I sat down. He says, Where to go? You got them all riled up. I said, what? He said, you ain't going to be able to do nothing now. He said, you know what they got? I said, no, I don't know what they got. He said, they got a case of the can't help it. They just can't help it. And I got to thinking about that. Uh, it would do us all a little good to get a case of a can't help it, say, man, every now and then. Uh, we got this uh, name of Jesus that's done so much for I, I believe it's what happened to Peter and James and John. In our text, they see the moving of God and experience the power of God and they watch this lame man get up 
And they are under the spout where the glory of God is running out. And those religious and political leaders looked at them and said, Just calm down. Stop all this. Especially that which you in the name of Jesus Christ. Don't, don't do that no more. And I believe Peter had answered them like this, Sir, we've got a case of a can't help it. <laughs> I, I can't help it. Everybody else has a case of the can't help it. We can't speak the things uh, which we have seen and heard. And I want to say it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to stop worrying about political correctness and worrying about politics and, and the apostate and the religious climate that we're living in today and clean off your piece of real estate and lift up your voice and proclaim the name of Jesus Christ. Proclaim the gospel and proclaim the truth. It is the world that asks you what's wrong with you. Why are you so excited? Just tell them, I got a case of it. Can't help it. I believe that's what happened to Peter. He got a case of it. Can't help it. I want to show you three things in this text that got Peter in that condition. That got Peter in the place where he had it. Can't help it. Verses 9 through 12, we see the Savior that converted them. Peter, what are you stirred up about? He said, I, I got to tell you, that man by the name of Jesus Christ, he was the builder of stones that the builders rejected. Oh, but that stone that you rejected has become the chief and cornerstone. He said, I want to remind you, the religious people, it's the name of Jesus. Uh, that man that was healed, uh, it was by the name of Jesus that man got healed. It was the name of Jesus that man got up and walked. Uh, then he said in verse number 12, Whether the salvation any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Peter said, what I've got to hold of. Simon Peter, what, what, what's got a hold of you? I believe looking and said, it ain't what's got a hold of me. It's who's got a hold of me. And his name is Jesus Christ, the cornerstone, the rock of ages, the redeemer. And he said, ever since the Savior has converted me and saved me and blessed me, I've gotten a case of can't help it. There are those that are asked, just, just give me one reason why I should get happy in the Lord. Lord, good grief, we ain't got all night. You can tell them, well, you're not going to hell. You're washed by the blood. You're saved by the grace of God. Jesus Christ lived in the, in, on the inside. And just to know that our sins have been forgiven and my past has been erased. And our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ should give you something to be rejoicing about tonight. I, I Sometimes I just get a case of the can't help us just thinking about what he's done for me. Amen. He, he forgave me my sins, and I have a lot of them. He's forgiven me my sins. He's washed me by the blood. I've been to the cross of Calvary. I've been washed, and I'm telling you, I, I get excited about that. I think we need some boldness in our lives. When you realize that you was a sinner on the way to hell, but Jesus loved you so much that he reached down farther than you could reach up, you can testify. 
You can't help but to witness about what God has done for you. You can't help but magnify the name of Jesus Christ. But everybody doesn't respond the same way. We're all made up different. If you smile or just chuckle on the inside to express God's, God, your gratitude, that's fine. His blood has redeemed you. And aren't you glad the Savior converted you? My hope is not in church membership. If that's all I had, I would never get a case, but can't help it. If all I was being dumped in a pool and being baptized, I would never get a case of the can't help it. But it goes beyond being a member of the church. It goes beyond being dumped in a pool of water. Praise God, I've been to Calvary. I met the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I didn't get better. I didn't turn over a new leaf. I, I didn't just shake his hand or, or sign a card. I met Jesus Christ and his blood had washed my sins away. And he wrote my name down in the Lamb's Book of Life. And he lives in my heart. And he realized that he's my Savior. And all the things that he's done for I get a case. I can't help it. Be excited about what he's done for me. Simon Peter said, I, I can't help it. I, mu I must tell you what happened. And we need to, our lives, lift our voice in this world and remind sinners it has always been Jesus, it still is Jesus, and it always will be. Jesus when he saves you from your sins you can't but get give him the glory and serve him because he is worthy I think we just need to get a case of can't help us when we think about what God has done for us where God has brought us from spirit that lifted uh, we see that uh, the savior that converted Peter and then we see the spirit that consumed him Verse number 8 said, Then Peter filled with the Holy Ghost. The Spirit had consumed him, gave him a case that he can't help it, and he had a fire burning in his soul that he could not be quenched. And I promise you that religion did not give it to him. Politics did not give it to him. The government did not give it to him. Good works didn't give it to him. The power of the Holy Spirit of God that was operating in his life gave it to him. You have to understand they they just been in the upper room. When the power of God came down on them and like a mighty rushing wind. And they walked out of that room under the divine influence of the Holy Spirit of God. The Bible said those men, through the power of the Holy Spirit of God, turned the world upside down. And I promise you it wasn't their personality. It wasn't their talents. It was not their abilities. They were fishermen. They were lawyers. They were tax collectors. How in the world is that a, alone going to get them to turn the world upside down? It cannot. It wasn't the fishermen. It wasn't the lawyer. It wasn't the tax collector. It was authority of the Holy Ghost of God that was in them and operating in their lives. And when Peter stood up, it was in the power that was behind him. When John stood up, there was an authority in his message. Not only did he, he uh, have something to say, 
But he had the power to say what he had to say. The Holy Ghost consumed him. And there was a fire burning inside of him. There was a zeal burning inside his heart. I, I think we all have lost that fire. We've lost that zeal. We don't remember where God brought us from. We don't think about where God has taken us from, uh, washed us from our sins, how filthy we were. Uh, if we all got what we deserve, hell would be our home. But thank God the blood cleanses me. I want to say I believe when the church gets filled of Holy Ghost God again, a blaze from God, and get anointed under the Holy Ghost of power again, we might just get a case of the can't help us in the church. And, and no matter what the world says, no matter what the politics says, stand up and proclaim that name which is above every name. Do you realize when you, uh, these men stood up and bold for God, their families, their jobs, their livelihood, their reputation, their social status was all on the line. I read a story of this Jewish man born in Russia. Late 1800s. His name was Hyman Appelman. He, he was a devout Jewish. They, they celebrate just like in Exodus. They celebrate all the Passovers. He, he was a devout Jewish. They came to America. And he was going to go to college. He couldn't speak much English, and he taught himself how to speak English. One day he got sick. He, he lost about 40 pounds. He, they thought he was going to die, and he was walking on the streets, and he had walked into a, a, a store, and he, he's trying to get something to help him. And, and they, he asked the, the pharmacist, says, you got anything to help me? He says, I don't think I got anything to help him. But he said, there's somebody across the street that might can help you. He said, what's across the street? He said, there's a preacher over there preaching. Won't you go over and see him? He said, what? I might as well. So he walked across there. And he got in there and he got to listen to this preacher. He got under conviction. He went to that preacher and the preacher read him Romans 10. He said when he heard Romans 10, how Jesus died and shed his blood for him, he says, I really got under conviction. And he got down on his knees and he prayed to God and asked God to forgive him, come in his heart, and that Jewish man got saved. He was born again, washed in the blood, and on his way to heaven. You think he got a case of the cane help it? He got so excited about it, he called his mom and daddy's. Mom and daddy, guess what I just did? What did you do, son? I got born again. I'm on my way to heaven. Ain't nobody going to stop me. You know what mom and daddy did? You're dead to me. You're dead to me. Devout Jewish. His daddy went downtown, bought a casket. Went to the grave cemetery, bought a plot, went to the monument place and bought a stone. He went and they dug the hole in the ground. They put that empty casket in that ground, covered it up, and put his name on his headstone. Says, this is you. You're dead to me. And his mom and daddy never spoke to him again. Never spoke to him again. He became a preacher. Start preaching the gospel. He got a case of the cane helpers every time he got in the pulpit. And when he got a case of the cane helpers, people started getting a case of the cane helpers either. 
And the next thing you know, people, thousands are getting saved. And he was going, they said they, they can't remember a day that he was not preaching somewhere. And he preached up till he's 83 years old. His last message when he's 83 years old was just as powerful as it was when he was preaching when he was 18 years old. He had a case of can't help it for a long time. The world don't want to hear this. The world don't want this. Why, Simon Peter? Why? Why? Here Simon Peter denied the Lord by the fire three times. He's the one that says, I'll never leave you, I'll never forsake you. But here Simon Peter by the fire denies the Lord three times. But here at last time when Simon Peter denied the Lord He's seen Jesus heard what he has said. He heard what he said. We remember that after they came, came out and, and uh, Jesus raised from the dead and he was on the shore and he had a fire. And they said, who was that? He said, that, that's the Lord Jesus. Peter stripped down, jumped in the water, swam to the shore, met him by the fire. Remember that Jesus said three times, Simon Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Simon Peter, do you love me? And see, he's getting back at him. See, three times by the fire, he denied him. He got out. Yep. The Bible said he went out crying and weeping bitter for three days. He whipped, weeped bitterly and cried because he said, I, I blew it. I have blewed it. I've blown it. I, I, I just don't know about it. But here... He said, do you love me? Yes or no? And the third time, he kind of got little Peter, little, little rambunctious, says, Lord, thou knowest all things. Boy, he hit a home run with that one. You know that I love you. In that upper room, they began to pray, and the fire of God came down again, and he was filled with the God and the power of God came on him. He walked out of that room. He didn't deny anymore. He, he got out by the fire. He got in by the fire. And buddy, he got filled with the fire. He, he got filled with the fire. He said, I don't have to hang my head down no more. I, I thought I blowed it. I thought I blew it. He, he's probably looking at this guy. He says, You want to hear my testimony? Why I love him so much. You see, I almost blew it. In fact, I thought I blew it. I was by the fire. Denied him. I went out bitter crying. Then here he was, and by the fire he's asking me, do I love him? And on the third day when he rose, he said, go and tell my disciples, and Peter too. See, I might have failed him, but he ain't never failed me. I, I might have denied him, but he, he has never denied me. Uh, he's always been there for me. And, and I'm telling you, I, I've got a love for him. i got a fire in my heart for him. i got a zeal in my heart for him. I've I got a case that I just can't help it. He gave me a lot more than I deserve. He brought me back. 
the church of Jesus Christ in this day ever had a reason to praise God today. If you look back over 2020, churches was closed and locked up. Churches were not having. There's some churches still ain't opened their doors. God has left, let us go on continuing our business. He's letting us meet again. God has been too good to us. And the Holy Spirit is real. He has brought us back from so much and has given us so much. He helped us get through it, get over it, and beyond it. We can't help but give Him the glory. If Peter did not open his mouth and spoke, it would have grieved the Holy Spirit that was in his heart and that was in his life. The Savior that converted him, the Spirit that consumed him, and there's a service that was compelling him. Peter asked him, Are you mad? Because we went by this man that was lame and couldn't walk from birth. Are you mad that we reached out to this man and God performed a miracle in his life? Are you, what are you mad about? Why are you mad about this? What's the problem? All we're doing out here is glorifying Jesus and serving the needs of those who are in need. Why this world is so against religious people today, I don't understand it. We're going to church and loving God and helping the community, trying to lift up and encourage people in the world today. We're not doing any damage to our community today. But there are those who go out and they burn flags and, and burn buildings right in the streets. And what they're doing is hurting our community, hurting our nation. But what we're doing is not hurting nobody. It may wound some people. It may wound their pride. But we're not hurting our community. It's not hurting the state. And we're, all we're doing is giving God the praise and shouting the glory of God. We say amen. Thank you, Jesus. Reaching out to lost and denying world that has nothing to look forward to. And it seems to me if an organization is trying to do that for this world, they ought to just try to give them a hand. If we're trying to make it a better place to live in, they ought to give us a hand. I'll be for that. That's what I would be for. I am for winning souls of Christ, making a difference and changing lives of people that would give you a good case of I can't help it tonight. Let me ask you a question. How many of you believe that the Bible is the Word of God? How many really believe Jesus tasted death for all men? How many believe today the invitation still stands, whosoever will? How many believe that God has commanded every man everywhere to repent and be saved? How many believe that if you're not born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven? How many still believe without Jesus, your, 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 heaven will not be your home, hell will be your home? How many believe it's a grand and glorious day? A grand and glorious feeling to know that you're washed in the blood by Jesus Christ and you're on the way to heaven. How many believe that? 
That's enough to just get a case of I can't help it. That's enough to reach out to the lost, dying world and tell them, hey, I know where I'm going and you can go with me. I'm telling you, there's a way to get there that seemed right unto man, but death at the end. But I'm telling you, you come to Jesus Christ, uh, you get a hold of him and let him get a hold of you. He'll fill you with the spirit. He'll clean you up. He'll change your life. Can I remind you, we still have the truth. We still have the gospel. We have the answer. And there's no other choice for our church but to win souls at any cost. At any cost. There's no other option. Peter got a case of I can't help it. In the church, we need to get a good case of I can't help it. Can I remind you that we are in the people business and there's no other option none can i tell you god is still god god is still on the throne and one day we're going home one day he's coming back to get us and i, I believe we're closer than we ever been before and, and if that don't make you get excited if that don't get your blood a pumping that don't get your heart to jumping. That don't get your shouting button going. I, I don't know what will. I, I'm on my way to heaven. I've got a place at home. I'm waiting to get there. I, I can't wait to get there. I'm ready to go. Come back. Come quickly. Come quickly. I'm ready to go home. Just get a good case of I can't help it. Peter got a good case. And they turned this world upside down. And I thought, wow, what if our church got a good case that can't help us? We'll turn this community upside down. We'll shake it to the core. We'll move. We'll move them. God has been too good for us. We shouldn't sit around and do nothing. We ought to give him the praise and glory. Give him the honor.